Welcome to Celebrate Cultivate, a podcast about celebrating the good in life and cultivating more of what you want. I'm your host, Kayleen Elise. My intention is to offer deep breaths and ideas for appreciating the magic in everyday life. I'm here to help you listen to your intuition, trust your inner wisdom, and act with inspiration. Let's get to it. Hello friends, I'm back with another interview today. I hope you're loving this series of conversations with people I admire and adore. It's been so inspiring and refreshing to me, and I hope for you as well. We're talking about celebrating, cultivating, changing, and creating, and of course, we're talking about the magic in everyday life. Today, I have with me Nishi Singh Hall of Joy Parade. I first connected with Nishi through one of Jess Lively's courses, Invoice, which is a business uncoaching program for finding inner flow and applying it to business. And Nishi's also enrolled in the Inner Voice facilitator training that I'm in as well. Nishi is an intuition coach, a public health expert, and a certified yoga teacher. Inspired by her work with children through teaching yoga, Nishi wrote a children's book called A Friendship Story, Heart and Mind, to introduce the lesson of presence so that anyone, big or small, can live a more balanced and joyful life. I just read it with my kids last night, and they loved the book, and so I highly recommend that you check it out if you have little kids, because it's amazing. Nishi also created Joy Parade, which is an online space dedicated to teaching individuals how to access their intuition and apply it to their day-to-day living. Nishi is the director of the Lively Community Foundation, which is an organization committed to uncovering the natural well-being that exists within everyone through tools, education, and community. The foundation works with individuals who have experienced deep trauma due to personal or global events. And it was created by Jess Lively, someone I've mentioned once or twice on the podcast here. Jess is a podcaster and a teacher who's focused on helping her listeners and students live a more joyful and fulfilling life. The foundation provides free modalities for those ready to release trauma and grant programs are available to train more individuals in healing modalities. Nishi has a beautiful aesthetic and a thoughtful approach to how she shows up in the world. Of course, I also totally admire and adore the name Joy Parade, and I'm very into all things intuition and flow, so I'm feeling like this is going to be a very aligned conversation. Nishi, welcome to Celebrate Cultivate. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Me too. Me too. It feels like you have a lot of different elements to who you are and how you show up and the work that you do. So I'm really excited to get into that with rituals and rhythms. When we're talking about work, before we even like get into work, like what how do you define what your work is and like who you are as a working person? (laughs) That's such a good question. It's definitely changed. I hope say throughout the years, I think in the past, I definitely had a really strong work persona bucket, you know, I, um, which I probably isn't the worst thing to, to have, like your different parts of your life in different sections or different categories and different buckets. But then as I started to connect to myself more, I can sort of connect to my own intuition more too. I don't know. I don't 
I don't really feel like work is separate from who I am or, or I don't really see it in a separate bucket anymore. Um, I think now when I'm working, I always ask myself, does this feel aligned to who I am and who I want to be and who and how I want to show up? So whether it's me working uh, with Jess Lively on the foundation and, you know, focusing on the mission of that work, which felt so aligning for me. So any day-to-day work that comes um, with the foundation, it it always feels like an extension of me. And then even with Joy Parade, I created it in, tw- in 2020. So this year, um, 2020, uh, it's been also just it's like such a fun project to work on that I think I would be doing anyway, if that makes sense. I, I love to study and read and share and write. And that's really what Joy Parade has culminated into. So I think my work persona or my, my work category now really feels like just who I am, which is I, I want to uh, teach myself, but also teach others how to continue tapping into their joy, their presence, their alignment, their intuition, um, and basically act on it and bring it to life in, in their day-to-day. Um, and actually the name Joy Parade, I, I love symbolism and I love, you know, really um, like nice ways that you could put together words or images or symbols. So Joy Parade, what that represents to me is joy, your intuition, and a parade, which is to me the positive aspect of what a mind really does well is to organize itself and basically, yeah, have some sort of like organization. I, I think the word organization is, is such a great one. I actually was just in my inner voice the other day and I was, I was asking my, my intuition. I was like, what is the best part of my mind? You know, like, what does it do best? And I actually heard organization. So I wonder if that word keeps coming up right now, but yeah. So really the partnership between your intuition and your mind. So tapping into that joy that in, that intuitive spark and idea, and then bringing it to life by using the positive attributes of your mind, which is really taking action and applying it, you know, in some day-to-day type of way. Yeah, totally. Because you couldn't have a parade without having somebody in charge and somebody saying, this is who goes next. And these are the floats and you need to get the, the parade starts at this time and is going down this street. And so yeah, you're totally right. Like it's that, and I love what you said. It really, to me, sounds like integration of the many parts of you and realizing that they aren't separate, that there isn't like a work nishi and a hangout nishi. They're mm-hmm. all together. And sometimes we might have some, one of those parts running kind of the, running the front, mm-hmm. so to speak, but they're all coming along and they're all there all the time. So that's amazing. When it comes to rituals and rhythms, are there things and practices that you like to utilize when you're activating the, the work part of you and the organizational part of you? Yeah. So I'm definitely a big believer of aligning before action. So alignment before action, which to me really feels like it's essentially um, bringing up the frequency of, of my, my mind, like my mental energy. So it can match at least maybe not exactly, but at least closer to my intuitive level of feeling and and thinking. Um, I think, you know, as you connect inwards more and more, you realize like, wow, I I really feel great 
at all times, like there really is a sense of peace and well-being um, when you ask your intuition a question on a situation in life or just a general way of, of how, how are you feeling right now, intuition, and it's typically very peaceful and calm. So yeah, so alignment before action, um, to me now, I, I think it always looks different, but consistently I do really like to journal with my intuition. I think before I did a lot of question answer. So I think if there was a topic on on my mind related to a work situation, um, especially something that was maybe bringing me a lot of stress, I would definitely bring that up and, you know, write about that and bring in any intuitive ideas I, I can get on that situation. But I really have been enjoying just um, either opening up a voice memo on my phone or just writing and getting into that, kind of doing a little meditation maybe at first, like getting into into my awareness and then letting whatever needs to come out, come out. Um, I am finding more and more how much I'd rather be in that space versus listening to something else, if that makes sense. So I think in the past, mm-hmm. I've loved listening to Abraham Hicks, like the rampages of love that that they have, or, you know, like an Eckhart Tolle video, or even Pinterest or Instagram and looking at those little universal messages that, um, I, I follow an account. I don't remember what it's called, but every day there's a new message from the universe. And, you know, I, I remember waking up in the past and looking at my Instagram right away, just so I could read that universal message since it, it brought in so much, you know, like not just joy, but even I think a a sense of foundation within me, but I can tell more and more especially when I'm about to go and work, I I really would rather go inside and find that foundation inside since um, I I can, I I do tend to slip and slide with work where I can bring up a lot of passive mind stories and a lot of heaviness, um, especially around the idea of career or even around money. So I think especially Mm -hmm. when I'm about to go work, I, I really enjoy finding that soothing sensation inside so I can really it's almost like a, like a bomb so I can take that bomb and just like put it all over my body you know, before before yeah. I actually go yeah into into a work project or something related to work and I love how first you were like I'm gonna go to Sephora and find the best lotion possible and now you're like mm-hmm. actually this thing lives within me and I just have to tune into it and then I can slather my exterior with the inner goodness yeah. and kind of again that integration bring it forth as you're working and it's nice to hear that it's a journey because I'm sure some people are listening are like really into Abraham Hicks and like are finding the inspiration from your Instagram or my Instagram or wherever. And that's totally part of the journey. And I think it comes in waves, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's times where something externally will really light, uh, like illuminate a recognition within ourselves that was always there, but maybe we just weren't ready for it. Mm -hmm. And so there's kind of that, like, I wouldn't have always been into Abraham Hicks, but there was like a phase, a time where I listened to their YouTubes constantly while I was like getting ready in the morning. And it was like my thing. And it, it's not my thing anymore. So I totally can understand what you're saying there. Yeah. When you're 
in a phase of wanting to be calm and centered and connected maybe after a day's work or after being in a big project are there any other rituals or things that you lean on aside from journaling to kind of like phase you out of that production mode Yes. Yeah. So actually a question I've been using, I borrowed it from Eckhart Tolle, which, and I'm totally paraphrasing it right now. And this is how I ask myself in these moments too. Um, so the question is, is, you know, is there joy, ease and lightness in what I'm doing right now? If, or is life feeling like a burden and a struggle? And it's been a hugely powerful question for me, especially in these moments of, um, yeah, like wanting to seek that calm, collected ease. Um, I, I do find myself, I tend to ask this question, of course, when I am feeling not those things, you know, when I'm feeling stressed, when I'm feeling a lot of chaos. It's like a trick question. It is. So I'm You're like, like, I'm not feeling this way. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, well, nope, life feels like a burden right now. <laughs> it feels like a struggle. But I don't know, the magic of that question for me, I think like these words like joy, right? Joy parade or ease and um, flowing. Like I've, I've loved those words. And like what you were saying before about still, you know, um, maybe looking at, looking at Instagram and if you've taken those actions to ensure that you're following the accounts that you really want to follow and those feel aligning to you. I think reading messages or quotes anything that does instill that sense of ease is still so great and it, and it makes you feel so good. But this question uh, by Eckhart Tolle has been so helpful because instead of me in the moment feeling like life is a struggle and feeling like life is a burden, and then I go to my phone and look at Instagram or I go to a yoga class and I have a beautiful hatha class, you know, and I'm like, oh, I just want to live in this yoga studio. I feel so amazing right now. It's been really fun and so much more productive for me too to ask my question or ask that question in the moment of these high stress situations or my body just feels really erratic, my mind feels all over the place because even if I don't change anything in that moment, I think what's happening is your awareness comes in, right? And I think sometimes that is the beauty of situations that do cause you stress or do cause you anything that doesn't feel good basically because it does um it, it does kind of prompt you to to stop maybe and, and take a pause and because you are recognizing like wow I, I really don't feel that great I don't feel as good as I want to feel so I think simply asking that question and bringing my awareness of, and even if I don't change anything it kind of removes that identity that I had a second before to life being a burden, to life being a struggle. You know, like I think of it kind of like a leech <laughs> and the, the leech is so, is my, my mind or like my identity, the persona of me is so stuck to feeling bad. But I think any awareness that comes in, it's kind of like wind and kind of building some sort of, you know, barrier between that leech and that, that feeling of, of feeling bad. So I think simply by not like not identifying it, not identifying with those feelings slowly more and more and more. It may not happen perfectly the first time you realize you're not feeling so good. Um, I don't know, but I think the more you, you do it, it just, uh, it's such a sense of relief that you feel because the moment you can stop identifying um, 
with a negative feeling or a situation and feeling bad about feeling bad, <laughs> it's it just feels like a warm hug. You know, it feels like a nice warmth just going through your body and like, oh, I can just breathe and be and it's okay. You know, it's okay my day isn't going perfectly or I spilled the coffee that I just made myself. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there is so much truth and beauty in that, that we do experience extremely challenging things, but those are infrequent. But we also have challenges and frustrations and emotions and all these things that we have that we feel on a very frequent basis. Like life is like mm-hmm. constantly happening and some things are demand your full attention. Mm-hmm. And anytime you've had something like that happen to you, it does demand your full attention and you're not even you're not even worried because you're in whatever you're in. But when we're in this like, oh, I feel gross and I spill my coffee and my day's not going and I have a million things to do and blah, 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 blah. That Mm -hmm. is uncomfortable. But what you're saying is that we can separate ourselves from that discomfort momentarily and check in and kind of realize that a deep breath in that moment is maybe all we need to like, be okay with a frustrating email or an overwhelming to-do list. Like we can endure those things with a lot more ease when we're accessing those other parts of ourselves. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I think what happens too is even that breath, it's such a pathway to then maybe you get up from your chair and you look outside and you realize, oh, a walk feels like the best thing to do right now. I, I think it just builds that energetic flow you know, towards, towards okay. the positive, at least even just by exhaling a little bit or yeah, bringing a little bit of awareness into that moment. Yeah. And kind of like shifting into neutral, like just yeah. like calming it down for a second being like, okay, just take a beat. And yeah, like you said, it doesn't even necessarily have to like take you to like the highest, most amazing vibe ever. Mm-hmm. It can just be like, no, okay. I am okay. I'm yeah. okay. And that's such an amazing thing to be able to access. And like you said, it doesn't happen perfectly all the time, but even just like practicing that. And I love that question because it, it is, it kind of feels like a trick. Like you're like, hold on a second. Do I feel that? No, I don't feel that. Okay. (laughs) But I can, I can feel that. Yeah. And that's, it's just so funny that we, that we can view life as such a struggle and burden. I, I think automatically, even because those words seem so extreme sometimes, like if I'm actually really just frustrated because a car in front of me is driving too slow, you know, for my liking. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my gosh, how is this feeling like a burden for me? How is this feeling like a struggle for me? And sometimes yeah. it even leads to, I, you know, me wanting to appreciate something in that moment, which again is such a great way to go more to the positive. I think <laughs> we like, as humans, we love drama and it's like playing into that. I mean, look at like, what TV shows are popular and look at like any, any kind of book or movie, any, a lot, any piece of art is like, 
either about love or drama or both, (laughs) you know, it's like drama is just such a key component to like what our brains love to play in. And so there's a lot of that, that again, like when you're driving and somebody's just going a little too slow for your life and it's like, (laughs) and maybe that's just like an evolutionary way to keep some of those muscles active. I don't know. Like we needed to use those emotions more when we were trying to survive on a day-to-day basis. And now it's like, we're still using those things that we don't really need. We can just put them down, but we don't know how. And so questions like that give us the space to realize like, oh, you don't need to, you don't need to carry that. You can put that down. Like you're just driving your car. And if you breathe and look outside, it's really sunny right now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love that. Breeze is blowing. So, (laughs) well, speaking of things being a burden and a challenge, 2020 has been a year (laughs) and it is, I think something that has really shifted everybody's life one way or another. It has left its mark. And there's so much talk about 2020 being a burden and 2020 being a struggle. And there's plenty of that out there. So we'll just leave it there. (laughs) When you look back, what do you want to celebrate? What joy parade do you want to like really hold on to for this year? Yeah. I love that question. You know, I think like you said, 2020 has brought up a lot of different, you know, global, national, like community stuff that is definitely coming up for everyone. Um, I think what happened for me is that (laughs) <laughs> it showed me once again that my my mind can have such a strong idea of how my life should look and it can make plans and it did make plans and all those plans went away like within a week everything <laughs> that I had made a plan for it all basically went away um and you know I definitely went through probably like a week-long little victim story of drama story like you said we we like drama of you know this is happening to me uh woe is me all everything happening in this world is only happening to me you know like of course this has to happen to me and then thankfully i got out of that i think i have a low appetite for that pessimistic view i think waking up with that type of cloud around your head i just knew i i couldn't go on, go on longer with that So I think what 2020 brought me is a lot of just realizing how my, my mind can make plans and my mind could love certainty, but there is like a natural life progression that's happening. You know, I think there's, um, I, I'm not, I love quotes, but I'm so bad at remembering the quotes exactly or who said them. Uh, but there's a quote that, you know, of something about how like life is happening around you. So you can either get up and, and dance into the rhythm of life, or you could sit down and watch that dance and kind of throw like a hissy fit, right. And be like, I don't like this dance. I want to get out of this room. So yeah. So 2020 definitely brought up a lot of those initial kind of low feelings, but then realizing how much, um, flow I, this kind of experience can bring in of like stuff is happening. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or in six months, but let me at least lean into the present moment and, you know, see what gifts essentially exist here for me. I think overall 2020 has also led me to finally start being myself more and more too. I know there's been a lot going on 
um, for, for everyone, for a lot of people. But I know for me personally, it definitely showed me it doesn't matter what I look like, what I sound like, what my name is, you know, any of that, who has been, you know, on, I guess, the center, center stage, so, so to speak, uh, and what they look like. But uh, I, I have a voice, you know, I have my, my unique perspective that I bring to life that I have on life. And um, regardless of, of any of that external stuff and any stories I had about what I could and, and could not do, I, I'm finding myself shattering a lot of that. And I didn't even realize that I still had a lot of mental baggage associated with, you know, who I was and what I was allowed to do. So overall, it's definitely been a big like reckoning year of what's really happening inside of me and what am I still holding on to, but it was never mine to hold on to, you know, it was just some sort of cultural story that I had grabbed onto. Um, and I think letting that go, oh my gosh, it's brought so much freedom just in me being able to be comfortable in my own skin. And then it's really why I created Joy Parade. It's why um, I published that, the children's book. Um, there could have been so many other mental stories about doing, you know, either of those things, um, even just showing up more in my community's, you know, life and showing up as, as me and, and not falling into the trap of needing to people please or stay part of the tribe. And in, in order to do so, you need to act, you know, in A, B, and C type of way. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's, it has been an empowering year, I guess, because it's really caused me to go down into the root of, of who I really am and start really shedding that skin of who I thought I needed to be in order to exist in this world. And of course that process is, is still happening, but, um, yeah, I, it, it's nice. I think it's nice to be able to look back and realize anytime you shed something, there's a cultivation that, that then happens. Like you let go and then you bring in more of that ease. You bring in even just flowy opportunities and people and different, different gifts that start coming your way. Yeah. And it's scary to put stuff down. Like if you've been holding on to something for a really long time without even knowing that you were really holding on to it, it feels like I need this. So what have you done to do that? Like how have you navigated that journey this year? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, we were, we were talking about this earlier, but, um, there's a practice called bean, bean bag releasing just lively calls it bean bags. Um, if you're familiar with Eckhart Tolle, he calls it pain body. Um, in Sanskrit, they call it samskara, which is essentially like karma. You know, it's like a baggage that you picked up. If you believe in past lives too, it's even baggage you picked up from past lives as well. That's stored in your subconscious. So I think a lot of, yeah, a lot of, um, the, the typical kind of what Jess Lively teaches in, in the beanbag session of letting that emotion out as it's getting triggered. So as, and actually Jess says this, which I love that life is kind of like homeopathy. So I, I think 2020 has definitely been a big homeopathic, you know, medicine that I think we've all, yeah. we've all taken. So, yeah. So I think for me, any, any time, like what I was saying earlier in the year, when, you know, I realized my, the next few months weren't going to go as according to what I had planned. I think 
I finally just let myself feel those emotions of anger and sadness. And it was, it was really all coming down to, am I really not good enough? Am I really not worthy enough to have what I, what I want or to even just experience life in a joyous way? And Mm -hmm. as those feelings were coming up and as I actually could feel them, allowed myself to feel them, whether that emotion in my body was sadness and I needed to cry, or maybe that emotion was anger. And that's where practicing yoga, running, walking, you know, that has been really helpful for me. Any of those feelings that have been trapped, I, I think it's just feeling them again, allowing yourself to feel them as, as they're coming up, of course, like as life is happening. Um, I was actually just speaking with someone earlier today about how I sometimes find myself wanting to bring up negative emotions or trapped feelings. Um, like in, in a way where I'm like, okay, today's Friday. Why don't I release some beanbags today and bring up those <laughs> You're like, I, Your mind's like, I've got time on the calendar for four beanbags. Let's put them on at two o'clock yes. and see what happens. Exactly. It was just totally. How's that working for you? <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't. It, it didn't at all. Maybe it would bring up some memories and then I would get distracted and then I would start thinking of something else. I'd be like, wait, I'm supposed to be releasing right now. Yeah. But you know, I, I was telling you earlier, this week has been, it has brought stuff up. I didn't even have to do anything. I just had to wait until, you know, second week of October and stuff has, has been coming up. So yeah, I think really as the emotions, any emotion, fear, anger, anger, sadness, any jealousy, anything that's coming up that feels really icky, you know, we us little humans, we just want to be good and we want to feel good and we want to do good things. And, you know, we don't, we don't want to hurt anyone or um, ourselves, of course, but I think it's good for those emotions in the moment to come up. Of course, take care of yourself as it's happening. For me, it's nice to, you know, be alone, um, be in my bed, be really cozy, give myself a lot of love, tea, water, you know, just be really nice to myself, kind of be, be there for myself basically. Yeah. 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 I mean, that is like the embodiment of Mm self-care. Yeah. You know, it can be face masks and all that other stuff, but really we are the only person that we can count on is Mm ourselves. And so, yeah, being there for yourself, caring for yourself, for your body, for your mind, for your spirit, especially when things come up. And as you were talking, the other thing that came to mind was, well, two things. But first, that we also, we want to feel good. We want to feel joy, but we don't always give ourselves the opportunity to really revel in that either. Yeah, Like we... And maybe even more now this year with so much being, you know, if you're watching the news or paying attention to the world, there's so much bad that's being presented to us on a silver platter. Mm -hmm. And if we're already feeling kind of yucky and gross, then of course our mind is like here, but you're not the only one. And here's some more reasons to feel bad. And so if you are like in the space of wanting to release beanbags and, and feel into the pain body and to, to go to those places, it frees up space to also start to acknowledge that like you have access to joy and to, to love and to beauty 
and it's okay. And it's your birthright to feel those things and to really like spend time there too. Like, I think it, it's like equally important. Yeah. But yeah. our minds are like yours. They're like, put it on the calendar for Friday. <laughs> and then I mean, <laughs> you got to appreciate that, right? Your mom's like, we got to attack this in an organized way. Yeah. There's um, 67 <laughs> beanbags on the schedule for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, it's like so that I really parade. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got it on the calendar. <laughs> the other thing I was wondering when you were talking about like worthiness and the stories and belonging is whether or not you felt at the beginning of this year that what you wanted was like valid and okay. Like, has that been part of the challenge? Cause I think so often we have these like deep seated desires that we don't always recognize as valid. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, so actually back in 2019, I had quit my like nine to five job and I traveled for a few months and that's when I started working with uh, Just Lively's foundation. And I didn't realize how prior to 2019, I was sort of doing everything the right way, at least how I was raised to, to live in this world. You go to school, you also get a master's degree or some sort of other degree after undergrad and you go get a job and then you do, but then at your job, you have to always be looking for your next job and you always have to be moving. You know, just a, a lot of stuff was definitely embedded in me that I was practicing in my life. And when I took that decision in 2019, I remember feeling so positive about it. I just felt like everything's great. You know, like I am a sovereign being, I can do whatever I want to. So it feels right to quit my job. I totally inner voiced about that. And I took four months to basically prepare my team and prepare myself before I, I quit. So it, it felt like such a joyous experience and even traveling felt so great. A lot of what came to me was exactly what needed to come to me. And I was so happy about that. But I didn't realize exactly what you pinpointed. It was just brilliant that there is still so much um, that worthiness story in me of like, wait, am I allowed to, to do this? Is, this? is this really how I can live my life? And last year, I think when I was in it, it all felt like so new and fresh and sort of like whenever I've had an, an internship when I was younger and I would move to a new city, I had this internship. I just remember that internship feeling so fun because I knew it was only at most three to four months and it was temporary and I could just be anyone I wanted to be. And it didn't really matter because it was just for three to four months. And I think that's sort of what that time felt like last year. But now really still not having that typical career that I had studied for um, and still having this flexibility and even when I can work and where I can work from a lot of ways that I always wanted to, to be actually back in my twenties, I was like, Oh, it'd be so amazing if I could just work from wherever and work whenever I wanted to. And that's what I get to do now. But yeah, totally bringing up a lot of those worthiness stories, um, one big plan was that I was going to go to to India for um, a cousin's wedding. And then from there, I would go to Bali. I've never been to Indonesia before. I've never been to Bali before. And, you know, having like, I'm a yoga teacher. I love smoothies. I love everything. I feel like that Bali has to offer. I was like, this will be my Mecca. Like I got to go to Bali. And just a couple other things that were lining up um, that 
that was what was going to happen starting in, in April of this year. And yeah, I it totally unveiled this huge worthiness story that I had of, can I really live this way? Can I really have this type of life? Is this really um, what Nishi can do? And it brought up a lot of stories about um, how life is serious and how I'm here to be responsible and I'm here to be service oriented, which I think, um, which is funny because I think whenever I've asked my inner voice, especially about the service oriented piece to it is, yes, you are definitely here to be like a light, to be, to, to serve, to help, to inspire. But you do that by doing that for yourself and that automatically all that comes out for other people. But I was doing it the other way around, you know, I wanted yeah. to. Oh, I mean, yeah. like saying service oriented and then saying be a light are, have totally different feelings. Like yeah. even just hearing you say that so that you can, and that's so interesting, right? You're bringing up a point that you can be in alignment with what your inner voice and what your true essence is is craving and wants mm-hmm. for you, but you can also be going at it from a very mindy backwards way that the inner voice is like, you're almost there. You're kind of in like <laughs> the flavor profile, but we have some tweaking to do because you'll feel a lot better when you put some of that down and we simplify, like you're adding 67 ingredients to this dish and we really only need four. Mm-hmm. And so it's, yeah, that's really interesting that of course, because when you're saying like what you were always wanting, like you're living that now. And I think so many people have that realization at certain ages and phases of their lives. You like look up and look around you and you're like, oh, I asked for exactly this mm-hmm. and I still don't feel that good. <laughs> like what? And then you realize that like, maybe you aren't the only one in charge of wanting and that there's access to more information. You can also find calm and happiness and joy in, in almost any scenario. Mm, Yeah. That it isn't just about having the exact conditions that you always dreamt of. Yeah. That you have an opportunity and it doesn't always work and it's not always there, but you, it's possible sometimes Mm -hmm. to tune into it. Yeah, I love that. So you're an author, a published author of a children's <laughs> book, and you seem to be a very creative person. Do you have any favorite parts of your creative process that you want to share with us? Yeah, you know, I think just whenever that idea has popped up for me, getting it out in some way or form. So whether that's calling a friend up and you know sharing the idea with them less to gather their opinion. I think our minds can jump in and be like, okay, what do do they think? Is this the most perfect thing they've ever heard of? But just more so to share, to say it out loud. I love, um, I I love the the voice memos. So especially when I'm on a long walk and I can tell there's an idea that's been rattling around in my, my mind for a while. I just open up a voice memo and I start talking. <laughs> if I'm if I'm walking by a lot of people, it just looks like I'm talking on the phone. So if anyone is afraid that you're going to look crazy, nope, it's just you're talking on the phone. So it doesn't matter. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, and I, I think love just writing stuff down too. So with, with the children's book specifically, I honestly had this idea for, I think about six months before I put pen to paper and, um, the experience was really, it originated from teaching a yoga workshop for kids 
I then had a lot of really interesting experiences for a few months after that, where I met different people. I met a, a publisher who published my book, so random. And when I met her, I met her in California. I was there for a couple months in Southern California last year. When I met her, I didn't think anything about her being a publisher. I thought that was cool. And, you know, but I didn't even ask her many questions about that. A few instances like that had had happened. And then finally, uh, I think in December of last year, I just put, yeah, I, I actually opened up my PowerPoint and I started typing out the outline. I actually also, while in a yoga class or while in yoga classes in my Shavasana, like in my corpse pose at the end, I just started getting these images of the characters that are in this book, the friendship story. So I think just the more time, so I think the more time you can spend in that kind of like that dream land, right? So the more time you can spend with your idea, but then actually putting it somewhere. So whether it's saying it out loud to a friend on a voice memo or on a journal, that has been uh, extremely helpful for me. Otherwise, if I keep it in my mind, it just seems crazy after a while. I think my mind starts to jump in and starts judging it, right? And it starts to, you know, say things like, well, this isn't original enough. There are so many other children's books out there. You know, why you're actually, and I had this big thought for myself, specifically for the book that I'm not a mom. So I was like, why, why should you write a children's book? You're not even a mother. You know, a lot of those thoughts, once those start coming up, now I, I tend to look at those as a little signal of like, okay, got to get that idea down before the, before the, the mind jumps in too much. Yes. You're like, fear's chasing me and I'm going to run faster and put, it, <laughs> put this idea somewhere before fear catches me up. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I love that. Just like, yeah, because the ideas do come, but giving them a soft place to land and simmer and not giving your mind the responsibility of holding something precious that could turn into something great because the mind doesn't I think hold things super gently all the time Mm -hmm. that's not it's like that's not its best trait yeah Yeah. so that's that's brilliant well what are you creating now do you have anything that you want to share with us yeah so I'm actually creating my first course um it's something I mean it's my first one I haven't done it before and it's been really really fun I I don't have an official title for it but it's basically about um deciphering between your voice or we can call it your inner voice your intuition and the world's noise or, you know, just beliefs that you picked up, essentially um, your social programming that you picked up along the way. Um, I, it's been such a journey for me, as I'm sure everyone else too, of really like being able to pull apart what I believe and what I've picked up, other beliefs I've picked up. Uh, I think I, I've always heard this from people. I, I'm uh, South Asian, excuse me. And I always had like heard from people that, oh, you know, you probably feel this way because you're South Asian, or you probably feel this way because you're straddling two I- identities of someone who's, you know, born and raised in, in the US, but then you have this other cultural background. And it was, I, I don't know, I-, I heard that for a really long time. And it never really hit me until recently of what they were meaning when they were saying that to me of how okay, I must have something that I've picked up from both cultures. And of course, just being, you know, now being here for 32 years, um, 
And now I'm understanding as I am separating those beliefs from what, what I believe and then stuff that I picked up, what that really means. So, yeah, so that, that's really what the course is about. Um, I have limited myself with how many modules, so I don't get too carried away because I feel like I could talk Good. about that. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's been, it's been really, really fun. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I think we have in this craving to want to be amazing and deliver the best for our clients and our students. We have this desire to like do as many modules and offer as much as possible. So I'm like jumping for joy that you're saying you're limiting yourself because there's always more and you can always, you can always offer more as you get into it. And as you were talking, I got this visual of like panning for gold, like sifting for gold Mm. and how like we have all of these things thrown into this basket, but there are gems. There are pieces of gold in our awareness and the, some of the beliefs that we have do serve us, but a lot of them are dirt, dirt from other piles, (laughs) dirt from other people, other lifetimes. And so that sounds like an amazing course. And I really appreciate you sharing with us a work in progress because I think it is really helpful to hear examples of people making things and iterating and kind of being in progress because so often now on Instagram and just media and everything, it's like, everything's a finished product Mm -hmm. all the time. And we don't always get to see that, like, it takes time and effort and space maybe, and not even just like effort, like toiling, but just like time to, for things to kind of evolve and grow and be. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I have one last question for you. How does the magic in everyday life show up for you? Oh, I love this question. (laughs) So I would definitely say that I feel that magical, you know, feeling that those magical instances, just the, even the appreciation for life coming up, the more I can move my mind out, you know, the the more I, I could basically move my, my mind's control from out of the picture and just really focus on being in that moment. Um, this is funny. I've, I've always heard, I mean, I, I think we've all heard how important appreciation is, gratitude is. Um, I used to have a gratitude journal, you know, I had that practice, but I could tell there was, there was something my, my mind did not like about that. I, I think it kind of like, I know actually Jess talks about this with, with breathing. She doesn't love when in a yoga class, the yoga teacher keeps telling you to, to breathe over and over, although she's realized how uh, healing breathing is and, and how helpful it is. But something about someone saying it over and over, it kind of has, has bothered her and the appreciation thing has definitely bothered me. And I realized that once I can get my mind out of the way and I can just be in the present moment and I can feel and I could look at the clouds or I can just listen to the song fully that is on my computer, that appreciation just starts bubbling up on its own, you know, and really like the love for life or the love for anything that's in front of you right now. And when I'm in that zone, I think that's really when the magic starts to appear. You know, it's really in the present moment. It's really when you can appreciate who you are, where you are, what you're seeing, everything in front of you. And it's really, you know, it's, it's like the feeling of magic in your body. It's the 
visual magic around you. And then truly the opportunities that start coming to you, the more and more you can spend in those moments of peace and uh, presence, it's, it's amazing. And I mean, I, I think magic is such a great word to, to describe that because it, it really does feel so magical. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, Nishi, thank you again for being here and for sharing your magic with us. This has been a delight to spend time with you. Thank you. Yeah, this is so fun. Thank you. (laughs) Do you want to share where we can find you and how we can connect with you? Yeah, yeah. So you can head over to my website if you're interested in learning more about Joy Parade. It's joyparade.co. And then you can find me on Instagram, uh, also at joyparade.co. There's no dot in there. So yeah, just joyparade.co and feel free to reach out and say hi if you want to. And you have a new quiz on your website also? Yes, yes, yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, so the quiz, it's called What's Stopping You from Acting on Your Intuitive Ideas? It was super fun to put together because I think, you know, we all obviously have an intuition and we all have ideas. We all have inklings and and instincts that are coming up for us. But a lot of times we don't find ourselves acting on those and which, you know, which is totally fine. But I think when we're not acting, we're probably just stalling, right? And there's probably some fear coming up, some worthiness stories coming up. Um, I've experienced this myself where I've realized now in the past that I would stall because I was waiting for someone else to give me permission to act on this idea. So hopefully this quiz can kind of offer any insight on, you know, what might be stopping you. Um, and then also offer some inspiration for how you can move forward. Uh, so you can find that at joyparade.co slash quiz if you want to take that. Well, I'm going to go take it right now because <laughs> I want to know. I want to know that answer. Thank you, friends, so much for listening. I will be back again soon with another conversation. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Visit KayleenElise.com for links and notes from today's episode connect with me on Instagram. I'm at Kayleen Elise. Please share this pod with anyone who could use a little extra magic in their everyday life. Stay tuned for the next episode. I'll talk to you then.